Welcome to the Health with Hashimoto's podcast. This is where you discover true, simple, and sustainable things that you can do with Hashimoto's to move forward, to get more energy, to become more healthy overall. We're looking at a holistic view of yourself. And I hope you listened to the last episode where I took you through a whole birthday evaluation. Of course, you can do this on any day of the year. I really like to do it on my birthday, which is in June, because that is six months from when I do it in January or, you know, very late December. So it gives me two solid times in the year to really adjust course and, um, you know, fix things because my goal, like yours, is to be wholly healthy. So I hope you did listen to that episode and you have your journal page in front of you where you looked at body, mind, spirit, diet, environment, and you figured out what is your biggest challenge. And then I hope you went deeper and you figured out why it's a challenge for you and what would life be different if that challenge was removed, if that was fixed. So today, we're going to talk about the next step. Once you know your biggest challenge and you're ready to take the step of fixing it, what do you do? That is what we're going to talk about today. But first, I want to remind you that I do have a gift for you. Anybody who books a Hashimoto's health session between now and the end of the month will get a complimentary one for free because it is my gift to you for my birthday month. There's, of course, a link down in the show notes on how to book your first call. All right, so if you are on YouTube... (laughs) I am doing something different. Actually, on my website, healthwithhashimotos.com, I always have a video for people who like YouTube better. I hardly ever like will watch something long on YouTube, but I know a lot of people do. And usually my podcast is over there, but it's just like the the background. It's not me. I turned my camera on today and I even have slides. So if you are on my website, you can follow along with the slides or, you know, if you're listening and later you want to come back, it'll be right there, healthwithhashimotos.com. So let's talk about creating a healthy year. And we're going to do this using the power of habits and routines because 45% of all your waking behavior is habitual. And that was from a Duke University study. 45% of your waking behavior, 45% of your day, that is a lot where you're not even thinking about it. You're just doing it. What are some common habits? Like brushing your teeth. Do you automatically brush your teeth twice a day? Do you automatically floss? According to dentists, most of us do not floss. Could that be part of a routine or a habit? Of course it could. Do you pray before you eat? Maybe you have routines and habits that you're not really fond of, like biting your na- your nails, but yet you do it anyway. Or smoking. How about dessert after meals? And then there are habit stacks or routine stacks where we do one thing and it triggers the next, which triggers the next, which triggers the next. How about going to the bathroom? You close the lid, you flush the toilet, and you wash your hands. Now, hopefully you do it in that order because if you flush the toilet with the lid open, do you know that you are spraying fecal coliforms, that's like tiny little bits of poo, all over the bathroom? And it spreads for feet You do not want to flush the toilet with the lid open. Please close the lid. And yes, I know, public restrooms, they don't have a lid and they are absolutely disgusting. Wash your hands with soap. (laughs) 
Absolutely. So there are habits and there are routines. What is the difference? Well, a habit is an automatic behavior. It's something that you don't even think about. You just do it, like washing your hands. And you could break that down in, into more habits. Like you turn the water on and you don't, probably don't even think about it. You put soap on your hands. When there is a change in that, like, for example, when my family runs out of foaming soap, the, you know, liquid soap, and the kids have to use bar soap, well, the first time that we ran out and I put bar soap up there, they were probably between like, I don't know, three and three, five, seven, nine. So probably those ages. Um, what were they thinking? I have no idea. They took that brand new bar soap, they covered it with toothpaste, and they stuck it behind the toilet. What? Why? I have no idea. But I will always remember that. So bar soap. They know how to use bar soap now. We have both. And you know that's part of your, hopefully, your habit. You turn on the water, you get your hands wet, you put the soap on your hands, you rub them together, you rinse off the water, and then you turn off the water and you dry your hands. Those are all habitual. You don't even think about it. How about your phone? When you pick it up, do you automatically turn it on? Or when somebody does something for you, do you automatically say please or thank you? You don't even think about it. Routines are slightly different in that they are a sequence of actions that are regularly followed. So yes, washing your hands, it is a routine, and yet all of those are habits, so it could slide into either category. Other things that are routines would be when you're cleaning. I'm sure you have a routine that you do when you're cleaning. When I am filling the dishwasher every night, you know, I will spray out the sink or scrub it down when I'm done. That's just part of my routine. When the sink is empty, everything has been put into the dishwasher, hopefully it all fits, then I scrub out the sink so that it's clean. How about a routine of vegging out on the couch? Habits and routines, they can be good, they can be bad. You can have a routine of exercising. I have heard the tip that if you want to make sure that you exercise, put on your sports bra or put on your running shoes because you're going to make sure that it happens then. And what about breakfast? I know that is a routine for me. I wake up and I have to have breakfast. My blood sugar, I need breakfast. I cannot do fasting. We've talked about that before on this podcast. Uh, it's just, it's not okay for me. And you know, there are a lot of experts who really push intermittent fasting. They really push fasting in general. I am a big fan of when you're done eating supper, you're done eating for the day, and then you wake up and you eat breakfast. For most women who are still menstruating, our hormones need that. Intermittent fasting it's not cool for a lot of us. It reeks, it wrecks our hormones. Um, so that is another routine. The thing is, all habits start out as routine. So whatever you decided is your biggest challenge in your health, did you, when you broke it down, did you discover any habits or routines that contribute to that challenge? For me, I told you that my well, I gave you a bunch of my, you know, challenges. And for me, the biggest one that I am going to work on is my veggie intake. So I need to figure out how to have a routine that helps me with my veggies. So we already talked about that. Sorry, I'm skipping through on slides. These are slides that I created when I was doing some coaching and some educating and work 
um, workshops. So your new habit, you're going to figure out what is it? How will it change me? You already looked at that when you were, you know, journaling about your biggest challenge. You also were thinking about how is it going to impact those I care about. One thing I didn't mention on the last podcast episode is what is this new thing going to replace? Your biggest challenge How are you going to address this biggest challenge? For me, veggies, what is it going to replace? Well, if I, you know, add a bunch of veggies to each of my meals, what is it going to replace? It's probably going to replace some starches and some carbs because, quite honestly, I get bored. I get sick of eating. So after I've been eating a while, I'm just done. So I need to make sure that my veggies are replacing some like fast carbs. You want to make your new routine very short and very specific. So how can you address your biggest challenge? What is your new habit or routine going to be? For me, My new habit or routine is when it is lunchtime, I always go down the stairs. At lunchtime, I'm usually upstairs. Uh, Well, at least I have been for the last nine months because it's school time and we do school upstairs. So I come downstairs and I open the fridge. That's usually the very first thing I do. So I want my new habit to be to look for salad. That is very short. It is very specific, and it follows all of the other things that I'm going to talk about coming up. Every single habit starts with a trigger. So you have what your idea of what you want to do. Now you need to figure out what is the trigger. For me, it's opening the fridge. When I open the fridge, that is going to be a reminder to me that I, or a trigger, that I need to look for salad. What is it going to be for you? What can trigger this to start? You know, when you're lined up at a race and the the gun goes off, the starting pistol, you run. You don't even have to think about it. In fact, you have to think about it to stop, to not go until that gun shoots off. As soon as the starting pistol goes off, you start running. Same thing with your habit. What is this new habit? What can you trigger it with? It's easiest if you can figure out what habits or what triggers are already in your life, especially if they're already surrounding what you're going to be replacing. So I, ever since I was a little girl, I have loved peanut butter and jelly. I just do. I know. I am 40, 40 something, 44, going to be 44 on my birthday. So by the time this podcast airs, I will be 44 and I still love peanut butter and jelly. I just do. I I love it. My bread is now gluten-free. I add extra protein to my bread because I make it myself. I add extra fiber to my bread. I make sure that it's the healthiest I can without grinding my own. I know I could mill my own. I know that I could do more things to make healthier bread, um, but it's good. So uh, when I currently come down for lunch, I open the fridge to get out the fruit spread that I'm going to use for my peanut butter and jelly. That is my current trigger. So my trigger is going to stay the same. When I open the fridge, instead of reaching for that jam or the jelly, I'm going to reach for salad. What is it going to be for you? You need a trigger. 
And then after the trigger, you want a micro habit. So a micro habit is something that is going to take you less than 60 seconds. I think in the past I have told you that when my kids were younger, getting out of the house was always very stressful. Making sure all four boys had the appropriate footwear, they were wearing coats, we live in Minnesota, it's always cold, it's always a fight. I don't know, kids, especially boys, okay, physiologically, boys run hotter. And I am a female, and I have no idea how long I have been dealing with hypothyroid. I know that I run colder because I'm a woman than the rest of my family. I also know that because of my Hashimoto's, I run even colder. At the same time, when it is below zero Fahrenheit, so that's like, what, below below zero in Celsius, I know that it is cold outside. And I know that if we were to get into an accident, they need coats. So, after fighting with them, to at least bring a coat with. If they don't even put it on, at least bring it with. Get everybody in the car, and my trigger for releasing my stress is putting on my seatbelt. When I buckle that seatbelt, I built in a routine stack where I would take a deep breath with my belly, and relax, relax my shoulders, relax my jaw, relax my tongue, and then probably relax my shoulders again and take another deep breath. It was built in. I had to consciously create that routine with the micro habit of taking a deep breath and the trigger was my seatbelt. So what is your trigger going to be and what kind of micro habit can you kick off your new habit or your new routine with? So for me, the micro habit was a deep breath. The trigger was the seatbelt. The micro habit was a deep breath. And as I took that deep breath, then I also reminded myself to relax my shoulders, relax my jaw, relax my tongue, and probably repeat all of that. But the micro habit, the one thing I was focusing on was a deep breath because then the other things could follow. So what is your new habit going to be? Again, a new habit starts out as a routine. So what do you want it to be? What is your trigger going to be? And what is the micro habit that's going to start everything off? And then it is important to change that perspective. So you're looking at this and I don't want you to think about how hard it's going to be. Instead of focusing on that, shift your perspective and welcome the difficulties and the challenges because it will make you stronger and switching that perspective will make you more successful. Yes, there are going to be times when you forget or when you have a difficulty. So with my veggie thing, you know, what if I open the fridge and I don't want salad? Well, I can welcome that and I can figure out now that I'm going to tell myself my taste buds are changing. I have, I can have salad. I don't have to eat it all or I can have a small salad today if I really don't want it. If I just want that peanut butter and jelly, I can just make it smaller. I can welcome the difficulties and I can still uh, have my new habit and routine. Challenges and difficulties are part of the journey. So what kind of challenges might arise for yours? I told you probably my biggest one is I just don't feel like it. Well, that's all of us. We don't feel like making better choices sometimes. We're stuck in our routines, we're stuck in our habits, and we kind of like them. Also, your brain is resistant to change. So one of the biggest challenges anytime you're making healthy changes is that your brain just puts up a fuss. 
because it doesn't want to change. Changing is hard work and our brains want to conserve energy. And then also when you are making this plan, plan to start again. I know without a doubt that in the next week or two, I am going to skip a salad. Either our veggies are going to go bad in the fridge, it'll be time to go to the grocery store. I do have salad growing, but my salad, I don't have enough greens planted that I can harvest fresh salad every day yet. So I know, you know, just built in, I'm probably going to just, I'm not going to have greens. And then, yeah, I might just skip it because our brains are resistant to change. So when you're making your plan, plan to start again. Plan to do that without shame and without guilt. Shame is how you feel about yourself. So if I skip a salad because I really just don't want veggies, shame would be thinking I am a bad person, I am just, I'll never eat veggies, and I'll just beat myself up. Why are you like this? Why don't you eat veggies? Just be mean to myself. That is shame. Guilt is feeling bad about a decision that I made. I didn't want salad. So, like, I'm going to beat myself up about that decision. Guilt is not beating yourself up for who you are. I am becoming a person who likes greens. And really, that's true. I've been working on this for, I don't know, five years. And it's a slow process, but I'm getting there. I really, I really do like salad now. I just don't always choose to have it. All right, so what is your new habit going to be? What is your trigger going to be? What is your micro habit going to be? And then how do you plan on restarting when you fall off the wagon? Because you will. But Ovid, I don't know, who is Ovid? I hear him quoted a lot. I feel like he was an, a Latin. So I guess Latin would be Rome. Was he a Roman philosopher? Whoever he is, he is ancient and he is a very wise. We quote him. He said, nothing is stronger than habit. And it's true. And that's why it is important when you are looking at what you want to happen in your life, how you want to change, how you want to improve your health, let's focus on habits. 1% better every day, especially when that 1% is involved with a habit or routine, it is going to make a huge difference over time. All right, I have no idea how long this podcast episode is because I am recording with a screen um, on YouTube and I don't have my timer. So hopefully this did not go too long and hopefully you got a lot of value out of it. Let me know, send me a note, send me an email or message me on Instagram. It would be so fun to hear how you are going to have a better year. I will see you on the next episode of Health with Hashimoto's. And probably the next episode, it's not going to be live with my face on camera. It'll just be behind the mic again. I'll see you next week. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. Please be sure to discuss any concerns and plans with your trusted healthcare professional.